When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Josh King. Fraser nicely worked. Harry Wilson. Straight from the training ground. Wonderful performance. Good morning and welcome to episode number 66 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name's Sam Davis and full disclosure, I didn't actually go to the game on Saturday against Newcastle United. It was a severe case of the man flu. Uh, You know what? I'm going to upgrade it to full on flu. Or maybe it was just a temperature. Who knows? But yeah, credit to anyone that scaled the heights of St. James's Park. Hope you took your oxygen mask. But unfortunately, it was a 2-1 defeat this weekend. Jeff Hayward is with me standing by. And if you go to YouTube now, you can also see our video review. So if you want to watch, just go to youtube.com forward slash AFCB podcast. We've got an extended chat on the match at the weekend. Where are things going wrong? Also, a preview of Wolves. Plus, we pick out the winner of the Eddie Had a Dream book from Peter Bell. Thanks to everyone who's retweeted or commented on Instagram or Facebook. Fingers crossed you might be the winner. But first, it's time for this. So for this week's Do You Remember, we are rolling back the years somewhat. Obviously, we played Newcastle at the weekend and didn't get a result. We have got two results at St. James's Park in the Premier League in terms of wins. Of course, Steve Cook with that last-minute header was the last one. And of course, that 3-1 victory. What an awesome day that was. But when was the last time before that that we came away from St. James's Park with a victory? Can you remember? I want to know the year and also the final score as well. Now, I remember watching the highlights of this and as a Brucey bonus, I watched them on the following TV programme. So can you name the tune? certainly brings back some memories so yeah aside from the two premier league wins when was the last time we emerged from st james's park with a victory the answers are going to be at the end of the show good luck with that now of course i wasn't there at the weekend but we have got some raw audio that has been submitted as well as a couple of fans thoughts ideally wanted more but thank you to ashley and also nonny who managed to submit his ramblings after the full-time whistle really appreciate that mate and then we're gonna get jeff in
Hi Ashley here from the main stand, another mystifying performance from us. After weathering the uh, pressure of the first few minutes, I thought we were outstanding for, for half an hour. We moved the ball around really quickly. The movement from our players was outstanding, particularly from, from wide and, uh, and up front. And we showed real intent and had confidence in what we were doing. We deserve to go a goal up and I really thought after that we go on to put on something of a complete performance. How wrong I was. If the equaliser was a poor goal, um, nobody tracked the runner. The second goal was dreadful. Uh, we just ball watched, chief amongst them, uh, Steve Cook. As soon as that went in, I couldn't see us coming back because Newcastle just sat deep and we were predictably unable to break them down. Ake and Cook looked rattled, I thought, throughout the half, second half, uh, and the good movement of the first half just disappeared, and it was really, really poor. The change in formation had a bit of impact. Uh, personally, I'd have brought on Stacey, not Francis. Uh, Francis's deliveries were awful, and I thought his lack of pace was exposed both defensively and going forward. Something needs to change. Um, despite the result, against Man United last week my view is we should drop Callum it's not his lack of goals that bothers me it's his overall performances I play King up top um, I actually think King's a better finisher and play Solanke with him in that slightly withdrawn role other than that who knows thanks a lot bye hey nonny nonny Joe I can't put my finger on it but that's Cameron Wilson's yeah, I don't know. Just carry on normal. Just play the game. Get a goal. Get hungry. Come on, Wilson. Clunky. I think he needs to be more more game. He's young. I know he had an injury, but I think he's a bit round about get injuries again. I think he needs to be like Steve Fletcher, Chevalier, half big forward, don't care about injury, you always come back stronger, stronger, stronger. Thank you for the listen. Up the cherry and riddle me. Thank you for listening. So thank you very much to AFCB.goals2 on Instagram for the Raw Match audio. A lot of excited youngsters there seeing Harry Wilson open up the scoring for AFC Bournemouth. Brilliant stuff. Uh, also, of course, to Ashley, as we said, and Nonny, who was back at the Travelodge, having a relaxing time after a fraught 2-1 loss for AFC Bournemouth. I know that you're going up to Scotland uh, today, Nonny. I think it's your dad's 93rd birthday, is it? Amazing. Top, top work and happy birthday to him. So, yeah, I'm not the only one that's been feeling pretty ropey recently. And uh, I'm sure it wasn't helped by yesterday. But, Jeff, how are you feeling, mate? Yeah, pretty depressed uh, with the with not feeling brilliant, and obviously the result yesterday sort of summed it up. Really, it was like, oh, really <laughs> something else. Yeah, yeah, it's it wasn't great. Um, but let's let's sort of roll back to two o'clock when the teams were announced, and there wasn't much uh, in the way of a surprise, was there? I think most of us predicted that Lewis Cook would replace the suspended Jefferson Lerma, didn't we? No surprise. Although I think what that did mean was uh, that. Uh, Billing would have to play a bit deeper than he normally does um, and yeah I should have given us more creativity going forwards because I think lots of people have been saying Lewis should be playing um, and um, yeah so uh, no real surprise No that's right and uh, we started off I thought pretty well um, you know during the first 20 minutes especially um, and as I say it seemed to be a game of three thirds because uh, just to you know you know just to go over it I thought the first half an hour was brilliant the next half an hour was very much you know backs to the walls and then the last half an hour we were coming back into it but it was just a case um, a game of cat and mouse where you know they were counter-attacking uh, we were trying to attack they were moving forward and back as a unit and trying to break down their defence was 
was really difficult. But the plus points, first half an hour, um, we had a number of chances, didn't we? And you start to think we should be more clinical. Yeah, we needed to be at least 2-0 up after that first half hour, at least. And Ryan Fraser had a couple of good chances, you know, one shot that uh, skimmed the bar. Yeah. Uh, a second where I, I still don't quite know how he didn't get a connection to stick it in. He was like a yard out. The ball came across to him from Josh King. And you think, geez, stick it in, man. Mm. We man, even. <laughs> um, so that was disappointing when that fell just wide of the post. Um and you thought uh, it's going to be one of those days until uh, Josh Cross for Callum. Callum had a decent header, probably his best chance of the game, actually, which flicked off the Newcastle defender. Q corner routine. Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, one off the training ground and it was executed perfectly, wasn't it? It reminded me of the goal we scored against Manchester United at home in the very first Premier League match. Only that occasion, it was a ball straight into the box. It wasn't this short corner. So, um, yeah, and it was well worked. And I think Callum Wilson actually plays uh, a very pivotal role in that goal. Uh, Craig on Twitter said exactly the same thing. Um, getting in the way of one of the defenders, leaving Harry Wilson the freedom of the park. Yeah, the man marking Harry Wilson uh, gets blocked uh, very discreetly by Callum and not overtly enough for it to be called a foul. Uh, mm. Gives Harry Wilson loads of space and a crisp finish. The keeper couldn't move, didn't see it. It was pinpoint accuracy. Um, you know, there was, there was lots of praise uh, from around the, the Twitter community for that goal because it was beautiful to watch. When I was watching the first, uh, the opening stages of the game, it reminded me of Brighton last season, that 5-0, where it was very expansive. Newcastle had massive gaps in between their lines. We were playing the ball, uh, the ball between the lines fairly easily. Josh King was picking it up. Uh, Adam Smith was getting some joy on the right-hand side, freeing Callum Wilson up, who, um, when he was uh, running at goal, I don't know, he just seems really sluggish, doesn't he? Um, he was ahead of his defender, but even he couldn't use a strength to to sort of hold off his marker at all and it it wasn't the same Callum Wilson that we've been seeing previously is it um I mean we've we touched on this in the last episode what are we going to do about Callum and overall in that game yesterday I mentioned the header which was probably his most significant uh contribution he did a a couple of runs down the channels to to get free but his crossing when he did was pretty poor um, he just he just looks about a yard short, and I can't figure it out really. Um, is he playing with an injury? Is he just I don't know a bit kind of tired? Um, has he lost his mojo a little bit? It's really tough to pin down. What we what we need is we need Callum on this podcast saying, Callum, what's the matter, mate? <laughs> yeah. I thought, um, yeah, as you say, the header, and he was very instrumental in the goal in terms of uh, blocking the defender. But it was great to see that move, uh, you know, come off. But we should have made it two, maybe three. And like I said, referring to that Brighton, it was a very expansive game. There seemed to be so much space for us. And that chance, as we alluded to earlier, with Josh King bursting down the right, crossing for Fraser, I, I don't really know how on earth Fraser um, played it into the keeper. I thought it was easier to score, wasn't it? It just just let it come across onto your left and stick it in. It's an open goal, you know, and and that sort of typified um, how 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 we've lacked that ruthlessness. Um, you think about that chance should have been a goal. Fraser was played f through beautifully by Lewis Cook oh, and sort of yeah. raking thirty yard ball over the top. His first touch lets him down, and then get your head up. We man, because there's two guys on the line, square it to Callum, mm. and you know, albeit Callum's in a poor run of form, he'd have had a much better shooting chance than you did. Um, um, he just made the wrong call there. I think Diego Rico smashed one against the post from 20 yards, didn't he? You know, and you thought the fans were actually singing, you know, we're FC Bournemouth, we can score when we want. Well, mm. not the case, hey, not the case. Not, not, not the case, and um, and you felt I I felt watching the game. If we don't go two 0 up, this is gonna this is gonna all go pear shaped because you, it's a cliche. But you've got to score when you're on top. You've got to score when you're dominating possession. And at Newcastle, you and I 
know watching those games they've got 60,000 nutcase fans who give them anything and they get behind that team it's a very emotional atmosphere to play in and we gave them a sniff and boy did they take it yeah they really did we had it we had a few chances um before there uh, i think because i remember the player that we were alluding to last week saint maximin uh with that individual error from steve cook we'll speak about that in a moment but harry wilson again pretty effective down the middle uh he had a number of chances uh during the game and there was one where he he marauded down the middle of the park and had chance to get a shot away but he does look so much more effective when coming was, through that centre of the pitch. Yeah, he does. He was, he was really mobile, uh, a big threat. And, and actually, if you look at that game, I mean, after, after 20 minutes, Eddie's not going to make a substitution. But you kind of think, right, we're 1-0 up, away at Newcastle, let's shore it up in the middle. Because we started then giving them too much space. Their, their wing-backs pushed on, which stopped Rico and Adam Smith getting forward as effectively as they had been doing. So they, they pushed on to us. And I think uh, Billing and Lewis Cook could have done with a bit of extra help in that middle of the, uh, of the midfield. And so, you know, I would, I would, in hindsight, take Callum off, play Josh on his own up front, stick somebody else in the middle... And you know, let's 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 be a bit more solid. Yeah, I thought Callum Wilson did have a poor game, and uh, I uh, put out a player ratings video yesterday uh, where I I gave him a four out of ten, uh, and maybe it's a bit harsh, but I I just think he. Um, he just was not himself and it was just that chance early on as I say where he was going through on goal and the defender was always going to be in a foot race with him but the fact that he, he didn't even use his strength to maintain possession of the ball and ended up you know cynically fouling the defender like causing the keeper to have an injury at the end it was just yeah um, I don't know what's wrong with him and it seems to be between the the international breaks um he's He's not been particularly great. And yeah, we were speaking last week about how has he been selected for England, whereas players like Steve Cook did not. But as you said earlier, um, Steve Cook did have a moment, didn't he? Uh, where St Maximin got a shot and goal. Yeah, football's a volatile game. You could be a hero one week and then, you know, responsible the next. So um, I, I think that was actually the key because when uh, Cookie... Um, makes that mistake and lets St Maximum through. Um, okay, he hits the bar and should have scored, but the lift that gave to the crowd, mm. I mean, you know, that was... They they then thought, hey, we're in this game, and suddenly we seem to be just coughing the ball up so cheaply. And it, it, it was it was very odd to, to see. You know, why, why did we capitulate so easily? And I... I honestly, um, I struggle to to understand what is going through the heads of the players. It's almost like there's not enough leadership on the pitch, and, and you know, obviously we're missing Big Jeff in the middle. Mm. Um, would he have made a difference? I'd, I'd like to think he would because he, he kind of brings that that sort of determination and uh, and the odd foul to to slow the momentum down of the opposition. Um, but we just started conceding, conceding, conceding. Um, and the goal yeah. was needlessly ball given away by Phil Billing. They get the ball up quickly. Um, it's a bit of a lucky goal, if I'm honest. But Cookie, step a yard forward, man. You're, you're behind the line. You're not looking across that line. And if he steps forward, the guy is offside. Yeah, who is it? Who is it who crossed the ball for Newcastle? Because he was on the uh, sort of edge. Well, not on the edge of the box, but um, sort of on the apex of the box, and it went over the head of Lewis Cook and and Adam Smith and he had time to bring it down and put it onto his right foot and then shake that cross in it that's that's bizarre how much time and space he had I think it it was almost a shot actually was it St Maximum again I think maybe he he goes to I think he goes to try and bend it into the top corner um it deflects off Adam Smith which holds the ball up beautifully so you know kind of lucky could we have got a better block on that maybe I thought it was symptomatic of the 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 team just not um, not wanting it quite as much as Newcastle, you know. Th- last week, throwing bodies in the way, you know, making all those tackles, making the blocks. Yesterday, uh, you know, just not quite there. Were there any players for Newcastle that stood out for you yesterday? Because for me, the goal scorer Yedlin, I thought was tremendous down that right hand side. Yeah, the right back Yedlin. Yeah, I thought he was great. 
caused us a lot of trouble and and actually um by the the the, the way that team plays i mean it was both defenders score for them again you know he he's got a lot of energy he was brilliant he was the guy who cleared the ball off the line off uh, when fraser was through so great engine and just caused us a lot of lot of trouble I thought after the game, there was an indicative uh, few remarks that Ryan Fraser was talking about, you know, we're just not defending that well. And I was thinking, hang on, mate, you defend as a team. You're the one who should have been tracking him back. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. And you see him, you see him on the highlights. He's calling across, saying someone pick him up. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I noticed he makes that that motion with his right um, arm trying to tell you know, someone else to get into place but you know really he he should have been responsible for that and yeah it's an absolute shame and you just felt at one all there was that momentum shift and um, uh, you know they came out pretty much as they finished the first half didn't they as I said it was like three half hour chunks during the game and it was a continuation in the second half but I noticed they were a lot more compact in the second half. Now, in the first, there was a lot of space between the lines, the defenders and the midfielders, and Josh King was coming short, managing to pick the balls up from Lewis Cook, turn, run at players, Harry Wilson was doing the same. We couldn't do that in the second half whatsoever. And they were so compact, uh, and they were moving forward, you know, as a unit, but then every so often, they would play like worldy three balls, like Shelby, uh, towards uh, the latter part of the game. Um, And... We really struggle playing against teams that have got really deep defences, don't we? Yeah, there's a there's a really good article on the the Athletic about that how uh, how we do struggle against teams that lie deep against us. I think um, it it it's a significant problem because when we were chasing the game as we were yesterday, we did not look until about the last five minutes that we were going to get anywhere near scoring. I don't think we created anything that looked particularly special until that final final flurry of corners um and just several several things that that you sort of worry about um number one against newcastle you know that they like to sit deep and hit you on the counter-attack so to go one nil up and then concede two pretty soft goals as we did i mean we haven't talked about the second one yet so come to that in a minute Mm. but but that concedes the game to be in their hands. And I think a lot of teams, particularly when we play at home like Norwich the other week, you know, they, they do sit deep against us and say, you know, get through. If we're going to get through like that, you need creativity in the centre. You need creativity on the wings, people getting behind um, the, the full-backs. But I, I just didn't see that yesterday, not enough in that second half. There just seems to be a lack of appetite to, to really go for it. And um, it was it was a, it was unusual to watch really really unusual and I, I, I just just the air of sloppiness was yeah all, all over the pitch it was awful except for one player who was outstanding and basically kept it from being a cricket score Ramsdale yeah yeah I thought he was I thought he was fantastic yesterday and as I said um yeah there were a number of uh, chances that Newcastle created in that second half and you know there was that one where uh, he came to the edge of his box and jumped up high and you know prevented the simple lob um, was it St Maximin again that was uh, going through on goal and he managed to get a hand on it and then Newcastle having issues uh, up front with their strikers at least one you know one of the players uh, shot into the other and it went over for a goal kick but um, <laughs> yeah it's just yeah. it's just their luck at the moment but you know at least they've got their defence scoring uh, but Ramsdale again was was very solid the only minor issue there was there was one there was one uh, bad piece of distribution where he kicked it out yeah. and it found one of the Newcastle players who, who had a shot, which was tame in the end, just a bit of a daisy cutter. But he was our best player by a country mile yesterday. Yeah, and uh, I think um, yeah, the, the, the great thing to come out of yesterday is Ramsdale is number one, the best find of the season for us so far. So that's great. That second goal, though, I'm going to have a go about this one as well, right? Last week, do you remember on the podcast when we were talking about this game? Yeah. I said, I said, what's this goal they score against West Ham? It's a corner, ball goes back two yards, the guy swings it in, back post, Clark scores. Yeah. It was the same flipping corner. <laughs> yeah. 
it's um it was really disappointed the manner you know because the header actually touched Nathan Ake I think and it just fell um to the feet of Clark who just yeah sort of you know like he ushered it in um and at that point I don't know I just felt really despondent and you know, you you start to sort of overanalyze things when you're like two one down, and you start to pick up on the mistakes a little bit more when you one nil up and things don't you know, come off. It's okay, like at least we're trying things. But um, individual errors, there were so many of them. Um, you know, even towards the end of the first half, there was Adam Smith who made a couple of errors, and I thought he started off really well. But then as the game went on, he he, he did lose it somewhat. Um, yeah. Steve Cook made a couple of errors. Callum Wilson. The ball was just bouncing off him at times. His, bouncing off him. His retention yeah. was awful. I remember, you know, someone was playing, was it Lewis Cook playing, uh, you know, f- fairly well-weighted through balls to him, and it was just bouncing off his shins. And that yeah. happened not only once, but two or three times, and that was so disappointing yeah. to see a, an England international fail to control the ball. And it gave them the motivation to think we can get at Bournemouth because their defence is sloppy. Mm. And, and uh, it, it, in fact, throughout the team, I thought Phil Billing coughed it up a few times yesterday which is a bit unusual I think I think we just got a bit slow you know when we go a bit when we go passive when we're 1-0 up and we start just sort of just slowing the game down and it's not no, it doesn't play to our strengths it allows the other team to get organised and, and press us more um, so we make more mistakes and it becomes self-fulfilling the whole the whole game was just mm, so frustrating yeah and um, uh, and when that ball goes out for the for the corner, Adam Smith does not get close enough to the guy to stop that cross going in. He knows it's going to happen because that's the corner routine they do. So you can get out there quicker, you can commit quicker because you know what they're doing. Mm, yeah, that's right. So uh, what change do we make? Bring on Frano. Uh, uh, now I obviously yeah. know that this is you know it's not a light for light replacement, and we changed our formation as a result. So we went three at the back, and then we overloaded the midfield um, and tried to uh, you know put another man up top. So Solanke came on as well, but it was four four two or that formation. It didn't make any difference because trying to break through was impossible, and we had a lot of the ball on the edge of their penalty area and in their half. However. They were sort of playing the Leicester City game, almost the sort of, you know, counter-attacking style. And uh, we couldn't break through whatsoever, could we? And then they, well, until the final minute, that is, arguably they had the best chances of the half, as we said, you know, St Maximin, and then that long ball from Shelby that uh, completely sort of caught Nathan Ake out. Yeah, and uh, uh, I don't know. It's it's a difficult one because... uh, we trust Eddie. He's the manager. He calls it as he sees it. However, going to three at the back with uh, Francis playing on that right-hand side and trying to push Adam Smith a bit further up, I mean, it, it just didn't work. They were sitting so deep that we didn't need another defender going on. If anything, we needed somebody else just up front. However, again, look at the look at the bench. Who was on our bench? We had Stacey and Frano. I mean, That's surely bizarre. just... Surely yeah. it just needs one of those, and probably just Frano. Um, Dan Juma, who we did bring on. Solanke, we did bring on. There, there was no other real option, I, I didn't think, for him to change it up. Um, it, it, it sort of speaks to that lack of depth we've got in midfield going forward, particularly when Lerma's out, Gosling out injured, Brooks out injured. You know, I think we just needed something something else on the bench. Should I mention maybe Jordan Ive? Hmm, I don't know. Mm, you know. Apparently he did well for the under-21s on Friday night, did a long, mazy run that uh, resulted in one of our goals. But yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is at the moment. Do you, Does the um, lack of goals from our midfield sort of centre our centre midfielders ever worry you because you know yeah. Billing usually gets a shot or two away um, sort of most games but once again it was sky high over the bar when he had an effort and we seem to be lacking goals from midfield at the moment and that Apart was Harry Wilson stre- has, of course of course and that is one of our strengths I think that from last season was that Gosling chips in with with quite a few goals during the season and, and he's been actually a big miss I think for us um, it's kind of kind of goes under the radar but He's got he's got energy, can tackle, he gets forward really well, and he makes the extra man in attack, which uh, which we've been missing from midfield. I think Lewis Cook tends to want to sit a little bit deeper, and he, he's fantastic at long through balls, but he's not the guy who's going to get to the edge of the box and play one twos, or you know, or 
or arrive late in the box and score on the end of something. He's, he's not that sort of player, which Gosling is. So I can't wait for him to come back and give us an extra dimension. Um, Lerma, as, as I said earlier, big miss, and I think um, we need him back. I mean, we've got a tough run of fixtures coming up, yeah. so um, we need these players back, fit and playing. Yeah, do you think uh, Philip Billing and Lewis Cook are too similar? Uh, yes. Yeah, so do I. Um, I'm not sure it works when they're in a centre midfield pair, uh, which is why I'm really looking forward to seeing Dan Gosling return. Uh, but he was on the bench, and yeah, we 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 could have got. It was a bizarre game because whilst we had all the possession, especially in the second half, um, they had the best chances. And I remember telling you last week on the podcast that. We have won four out of the five games this season or something when we've had the least possession. Uh, in that match, we had 67% possession. Uh, it, like, it seems that possession doesn't really matter as a stat, does it, anymore? It doesn't. They had the best chances, actually. They had more shots overall. They had 20 um, shots, which is you know, worrying, yeah. really. That's a, you know, that's a lot of shots. That is really worrying on that on that amount of possession, which uh, which speaks to mm. the fact that defensively we weren't working as a unit hard enough to to stop them going forwards. Um, I thought Shelby began to dominate in the second half with those those long through balls that he loves to play, and uh, we didn't seem to have an answer. And it was so frustrating to watch. It gets more frustrating though, Sam, because in that last five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, we, you know, we we could have come away from that game with a point, and all felt well. You know, at least we got a point, even though I think most Bournemouth fans watching that first thirty minutes will think, "How did we not win that one two or three nil?" Mm. Well, had we had we been more clinical in the opening stages, I think it would have opened up, and yeah, we could have put a number of goals past them. But uh, as soon as they got those two goals, they just sat back and then they counterattacked at times. But you know, them them actually sitting back enabled us to have a lot of the ball, and then we pumped it into the box a number of times, not least with one of the final chances of the game. And mm. it was Josh King at the far post who seemingly had the post to contend with. Uh, and many people are blaming the fact that um, you know he was kind of half wondering, "Am I going to clatter into the post?" That he didn't make a proper connection onto the ball. I think credit also to the de- to the defender who. Did put him off. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't just a, a straightforward nod it in. The angle was against him. However, he knows it. He should have scored. His expression afterwards. You know, he should. He knows he should have scored. And um, just before that as well, uh, the ball's pinging around the penalty area. Falls to Freno. Right? Who do you want in the in eight yards out with the goal? You know, yeah. at their mercy, so to speak. It's not him. Um, yeah, it just sort of summed it up. Um, so frustrating. Yeah, so, so frustrating. So what's going wrong then? Uh, drawing with Watford, Norwich, losing at Newcastle, beating Man United. Well, you know, where is the? Let's see some set. Let's try to work out what the hell's going on because I can't. Five points from those four games is a bad return. Mm. We we could should arguably have got four wins because we had chances to win all four of those games, not just the one. And the hardest one of the lot is the one that we win. I mean, it, it, it's crazy. The team is not functioning as a unit. Um, I think, what are we going to do about Callum? I think, give him a break. I think, yeah. let's, let's, let's park it for a while. I think you can perhaps just go with uh, Josh up front, maybe bring Solanke in, but just give him a break for a few games. It might give him uh, the incentive to, to get his mojo back. Um Fraser. Yeah, that's one thing I was just about to ask you. What What was your opinion on Ryan Fraser's performance yesterday? St- started off really brightly, um, but just seems to have again decided that he's almost. I, I, I'm hesitating to say it's almost like too good that he doesn't need to put the hard yards in. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and. Uh, there was a, a remark on Twitter uh, somebody made that is he is he and Callum actually talking now? It seems like they've had a bust up or something. Um, 
Well, the way they combined last season compared to now, I mean, it's it's just absolutely bizarre. I mean, yes, he did get an assist yesterday um, for Harry Wilson. For Harry Wilson, but yeah, in terms of his link up with Callum, it's non-existent. But Callum was just was just awful yesterday. Um, it was really depressing and a long journey back as well for the AFC Bournemouth fans. Uh, you know, six and yeah. a half hours, or you know, some people flew from Bristol, some people that I knew, but um, not ideal going into the international break, is it? And a lot of thinking for Eddie Howe to do. Not not ideal. We've got a run of tough fixtures coming up. It's uh, I think it's Wolves. Then is it Ch- uh, Tottenham? Then Chelsea, mm. uh, Palace. Yeah, that's you know, right. then none of those games are going to be easy. In fact, Liverpool are at the start of December as well. So um, we've got uh, we've got it all cut out for us to to do. Um, in the old days, and an international break, that would be great for us because we didn't have many internationals and Eddie would have loads of time to work with the players. Now it feels like 80% of the team are on international duty. And so, you know, one of the downsides of having a, a deeper, better squad is that he doesn't get as much time to work with them. There is something fundamentally not quite clicking with that team as a unit. Um, I think that uh, putting... If you're going to play Harry Wilson... You've got to play him more centrally. I think he just—it's not playing to his strengths out on the left enough, and then he doesn't provide enough cover, which was part of the problem yesterday. I, I think you know there wasn't enough cover behind him um, to protect the fullback, and um, maybe Dan Juma actually looked a bit lively again when he came on. I know it's a little cameo, but mm. he does have something. Maybe we could give him a bit of a run. This is yeah. This is why that I'm really annoyed that we're out of the Carabao Cup because it would be matches like that just where we can really see his true potential. Uh, because him coming on for 20 minutes every now and then are, are not really going to help like, Eddie to actually know whether he can cut it or not. Um, but yeah, really disappointing. Um, we'll just briefly, if it's okay, Jeff, chat about um, some other games from the weekend. I mean, Sheffield United. Flying high. I mean, you you've got to admire the job that Wilder is doing there. Um, you know, sitting where they are in the Premier League on seventeen points. Um, I know it's only one point above us, but they were tipped by many to be relegated. They're doing so well, and um, their fans are saying that Lise Mousset is is brilliant. I know, and again, we mentioned this last time, didn't we? You know, how mm. come how come we let Mousset go? Because actually, with a run in the team, he's proving a, a fantastic asset. Um, it it's interesting the the uh, comment that Neil made a few weeks ago about us not being quite the sum of the parts in the team is in, it, instructive I think for looking at Sheffield United it feels like they're a bit like we were a couple of seasons ago you know we came up full of enthusiasm everybody wanted to play the team ethic was really strong they had a, they didn't have a great sort of standout players in the in that team but they're they're more than the sum of their parts. If that had been us playing Spurs yesterday, we lose that game 1-0. Mm. I'm, I'm not kidding. Yeah, yeah. We are not at that same level where the team is playing with the intensity that we need to get a result and believe that we can get a result. Mm. That's what Sheffield United have. Also, Leicester. Do you see Leicester beat Arsenal? Yeah, really good. You know, that, that again, it makes me think back to the game where we went down 1-0. Arsenal there for the taking. We just conceded them far too much respect in that first half. Um, Leicester didn't. Leicester thought, we're better than you and we're going to show it. Um, we need that sort of attitude. And the, mm. the, team's, the team has got, we're carrying too many players. Eddie, you've got, uh, you got some work to do. Because it's, it's not just about the players uh, individually. It's about how they're functioning as a team. Mm, there are some people management issues there. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what what lineup he puts out against Wolves. Yeah, uh, yeah, really do miss Jefferson Lerma, and hopefully he goes straight back in there. What you know, what worries me with the matches that we've got ahead is when you look at the league table. I mean, um, we're on sixteen points, but you can go down as far as sixteenth with West Ham on thirteen, so only three points beneath us. And with the with the games that we have got, it could all go badly wrong for us. Uh, and you start to look at these games that we've just had, thinking. We should have done better there. A lot of people have been riding the crest of a sort of, you know, crest of a mental wave by looking at our league position and thinking, yeah, we're seventh in the Premier League. But I think it's been a bit of a faux position, hasn't it? And um, it, you know, it could, it could be bad for us if we don't get our form back. You know, we need How to be a well-old side again. 
Yeah, and how do you think Wolves are going to play against us, Sam? They're going to sit deep and hit us on the break, aren't they? Oh, that's yeah. that's what they do. Yeah, That's exactly. what they do. Yeah. And they've been very successful at that, and that's the way that you know teams know that we struggle against that. So is David Brooks going to be back? He's Probably if he is back, he's not going to be match fit no. in that game. Um, how are we going to cope? What are we going to do? It, it's, it's, a, it's a problem. Um, mm. not going to deny it. The, the next four games, you know, the last four games we should be getting 12 points. The next four games we could easily end up with zero. Now, of course, if you're listening to last week's show and you've been following us on social media, you'll have seen that we're running a competition for you to win a copy of Peter Bell's book, Eddie Had a Dream. It's currently on sale on Amazon, and it's a fan's recollection of Eddie Howe's playing years, his journey into coaching, and his managerial career at Bournemouth and Burnley, going right up until 2019. It's a cracking book, and I do recommend you check out the video on our YouTube channel, where I have an extended chat with Peter. However, we've collated all of the retweets on Twitter and the comments on Instagram and Facebook and I've got this random name generator thing here this website looks alright so we've got the names in and I'm pressing the button who is going to get picked? It's Jake Summers. Jake Summers, congratulations, buddy. Uh, You retweeted on Twitter earlier in the week. And what I'll do is I'll be in touch with a direct message and I'll get your address and I will send it off to you ASAP. Do remember to check out the Cherry Chimes website. On there, you can have links to the book itself. And remember that any purchases result in a 15% donation to Julia's house as well. This is Steve Jones and you're listening to Back of the Net. So yes, AFC Bournemouth will be entertaining Wolverhampton Wanderers, as Jeff said earlier, and... It's going to be a really tricky game. We'll have Jefferson Lerma back. We might have Dan Gosling back. Maybe David Brooks, as we said. What are you expecting from this one, Jeff? It's tough to call. Uh, Wolves have been a little bit in and out. Uh, fantastic result away at Man City. And then, you know, they'll they'll cough up a, a nil-nil. In fact, they drew 1-1 against Newcastle, didn't they, a mm. couple of weeks ago. So I don't think we're that far off them if we're playing at our best. Um, the question is, what AFC Bournemouth team will turn up? I've got, I've got to admit, I am concerned that uh, over the last four games, we've only scored two goals. Mm. And yesterday, it, it didn't really look like we were going to score the number of goals we needed to win. We're going to need to start scoring two or more to win games in this league. Um, so where is it all going to come from? Like I said, Eddie's got some issues to deal with and it's going to be really fascinating to see what he does, who he picks, how we play. Yeah, and any Wolves players uh, catch your attention? I think Traore was one of the people that you mentioned last week. Actually, you were referring to St. Maximin saying you know, very similar players and I agree with that. After seeing him play um, at the weekend, I, I, you know, there are some similarities there. Um one thing I've got to also just say, um, we'll talk about this shortly. Um, I honestly thought their Europa League form would uh, cause some issues with their league form. But, it, I mean, yes, they haven't started off as as brightly as they did last season. But, you know, they're doing all right, aren't they? They're doing fine. Is it Jimenez, the the striker, seemed to be scoring a few goals for them, which is good. Uh, Jota's been playing well again for them. Um the one thing I did notice was that Bolly, the the centre-half, uh, picked up an injury a couple of weeks ago, and I'm not sure he'll be available when we play, which may help. Uh, but they're, they're, a, they're a solid team. Um, they know what they're about, they're well-organised, and I think they've got enough going forwards to cause us some significant problems. Uh, we absolutely need to get the first goal in that game, and, and I'm almost thinking it is a must-win after yesterday. It's you know we we can't mess about. We've got to start picking up 
points from teams who are around us. Mm, yeah, so going back to my original question, which players for Wolves are ones that stand out for you? Well, uh, like I say, Jimenez, the, the striker, I think, is a, is a good finisher. Um, I think Traore as well, you know, and we had problems with St Maximin yesterday, and Traore, if he plays, could equally be, you know, challenging for us. Um, but more, more it's about how we play. I think we're so sort of short of, of that self-belief and... Uh, pace in our game mm. uh, that pace in attack seems to be very in and out um, we had it in periods against Manchester United and it did work but it seemed to seem to go almost non-existent yesterday we need to bring that back we need to play with some passion and energy mm. um, they are uh, up and down in their results so I think we can win it it's whether whether we will or not, do you, you know. Do you think it's I'd, a case? No, I don't know. Do you think it's a case of other teams being a bit more wise to how we play rather than anything being different for Bournemouth this season, or do you think uh, you know our frailties are caused from within? Um, that's a good question. I think it's a bit of both. I think we've had new players blended into the side, so the DNA of how we play. You're trying to teach that to some new players and maybe we haven't quite got the mix right. Uh, they're not fully up to speed with it. I mean, Phil Billing, if you if you watch him play, you know, he's quite... Uh, uh, at times he can look quite ponderous, mm. uh, you know. Um, I think he's, he's good when he plays with a bit of pace, but it's not his natural game. And there's a sort of sense that some of the players are learning how to play Rico. I mean, we talked about him, him. He's kind of getting there I think you know going forward he does look to be playing with a bit more ah that's that's what I need to be doing that's the ball to play but it's more I think how how those combinations are working and I don't think we've really got that sorted this season with Harry Wilson uh, playing on that um, that right hand side cutting on his left hasn't quite worked and and Fraser I don't think combines brilliantly with Rico still you know it's no, it's not not quite happening yet. One of the things that uh, happened uh, a couple of seasons ago was we, we sort of played uh, a few matches where we played long ball. I think it was like West Ham United at, at home where we won 3-2. I think that was when Josh King scored a hat-trick. That's probably, what, two or three seasons ago. But we had a bit of a bad run of form. And then all of a sudden we started playing a little bit you know, differently by playing you know these long balls. I'm thinking... You know, is it time to start being a bit direct and losing this prettiness, uh, you know, in order to just, you know, try to get the results over the line? Well, there, there, there is, I think, an, an easy answer that you can say, oh, Bournemouth play nice possession-based football. But actually, if we do play a lot of channel balls, balls over the top. We did it again yesterday. There were a few that went over the top long balls. And that that's great. What you need, though, is the strikers making those runs for you as well. And it's not been clicking that this season. No. So... You know, I, th- I, I, um, the last few games, I think the midfielders have been looking up, wanting to play that ball. The run isn't there. You, you just got to hold on to it. And um, yeah, yeah. Oh. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to pin your colours to the mast, uh, Jeff, and ask you for a prediction for the Wolves game, if possible. What, what are you thinking? Um, I actually think uh, it will be a nil-nil. Actually, that's what I think. Ah. Uh. Interesting. Uh, what, what shall I go for? I, I want to stay positive, but I'm going to go for a one-all. I think uh, they seem to be very resilient at the back. Uh, they seem to have their formation down to a T. Um, they demonstrated that against Arsenal uh, when they played there, and you know they managed to get an equaliser, whereas we didn't. They seem to have that extra gear. Um, it's going to be a really tough game, and it, it just shows that these days, no easy game in the Premier League, is there? There is no easy game, and part of that, problem with the team's mentality yesterday is that bit of complacency if you're just off at five or ten percent you will get turned over Mm. yeah um so um you've got to put it in every game and that goes through throughout the team and several players were just off their the top of their game yesterday and it 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 meant we lost which is so frustrating so frustrating
So thank you for listening to another episode of Back of the Net. Now, uh, I don't know if they know they've done this or not, but you know, with Beer 52, we've had a little tie up with them. Any purchase basically goes to help the podcast. Well, they originally said to me for two weeks, you get two extra beers. But if you go to beer52.com slash AFCB, uh, the offer is still there. Uh, so let me talk you through it. Beer 52 are a beer discovery club. They are the beer pioneers and they source world beers and deliver it to you every month. It is a subscription service, but with a special link that I can provide, well, I've provided it already, I'll do it again. Beer52.com slash AFCB. You actually get your first month for free and they don't hold you to ransom either so you can actually cancel at any time um, all you need to do is just cover the £4.95 postage uh, it is the UK's number one craft beer club eight free craft beers magazine and snack plus this offer that is still there I don't know if they're going to take this away or what but two extra beers for back of the net listeners the link is beer52.com slash afcb any purchases, as I say, go to support the podcast. So we really appreciate everyone that has taken up the offer so far. And I hope you appreciate the beers too. If you want to carry it on, you can. If not, not to worry. Just send them an email and cancel. It's as easy as that. Now, at the start of the show, we did a bit of Do You Remember? And we talked about Newcastle United. Of course, we've beaten them twice in the Premier League. But what was the last time we came away with a positive result from St James's Park? Well, I'll tell you. Um, it was in January 1992, and it was an FA Cup replay. Now, we drew uh, the first match 0-0 at Dean Court, and then we went up to St James's Park. It was 2 all at full-time, and then I went to penalties... And then we beat them 4-3 on pens. And I remember watching it as a kid on, what was the theme tune? Sports Night. Do you remember Sports Night with Des Lynham and Steve Ryder? I love that Wednesday night show because it had a bit of football, a bit of rugby, a bit of cricket, a bit of snooker. Absolutely superb. I wish they could bring that back. Alas, I think we've got enough sports on Sky Sports to, to keep us covered. But yeah, um, that was absolutely brilliant. And uh, that was back in 1992. So I was 11 years old. No, hang on. 1981. Carry the five. Take the, yeah, I was 11 years old at the time. And... Um, yeah, absolutely superb. So, yeah, thanks very much for listening. Unfortunately, it's not been a positive result for AFC Bournemouth. We've got a couple of weeks to think about it and some international fixtures to to sit through as well. Will Callum Wilson play? Probably not. But we look forward to seeing you at Wolves. I'll be outside the ground where I would love to be chatting to you just outside the 1910 bar. So look out for me there and we'll get all of the thoughts on the subsequent podcast, which will be episode 67 but for now this has been back of the net the afc bournemouth podcast josh king fraser nicely worked harry wilson straight from the training ground wonderful from bournemouth Podcast Network.